On today's show, I'm talking about the difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus, two separate events that are very important to understand. I'm also talking about, according to Israel's defense minister, Iran is 10 weeks away from having nuclear capability and Israel is ready to attack them militarily. Huge issue in the news. And I'll be answering your questions. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to Tipping Point. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And today, last program, I talked about uh, the rapture of the church and how I believe, and this is when Jesus comes, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, Luke 17, uh, Revelation chapter 4, that Jesus comes for his church, his bride, to take us to be with him. And it's an instantaneous act that happens at the beginning of the tribulation. Okay, Very comforting teaching when you understand it. But there's another teaching that goes around that talks about the second coming that Christians will not be raptured before the tribulation. But at the end of the tribulation, the second coming of Jesus, that Jesus will return and rapture his church. And the teachers that teach that, uh, some teachers that teach that just say, well, if you're going to be here in the tribulation, you're probably going to die and you will. See, not only are believers not protected during the tribulation, now there's a few judgments during the tribulation that believers are protected from, but most of them were not. And there's going to be an antichrist, the most evil man in the history of the world, and Christians will be martyred in mass by the antichrist. So not only are you not protected during the tribulation, you're, you're specifically targeted by the antichrist and many people will be martyred. And now there are people that teach that we will go through the tribulation, that we're not going to be raptured at the beginning of the tribulation. Okay, And I'm going to talk in this message about the difference between the rapture and the second coming. And I'm going to show you we are going to be raptured before the tribulation. The second coming is a separate event and we're a part of it in a different way. But there are people, there are Bible teachers that teach that we will go through the tribulation, but God is going to supernaturally protect us. I know many people who teach that? Well, I want to show you in the scriptures, and I, I get no joy out of this. You know, if the Lord was going to, if we were going to go through the tribulation, and the Lord was going to protect us. That's great with me. It's not my business anyway. That I'm a Bible teacher, and what matters to me is not my opinion or somebody else's opinion. What matters to me is what the Bible says. Okay, the Bible should define our belief system, especially we as believers. So, Revelation chapter 13. If believers are protected during the tribulation, okay. Uh, this is what Revelation chapter 13 says. And he was given, this is talking about the Antichrist. He was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, in nation. It was given authority over him to make war with the saints, that would be the believers alive during the tribulation, and to overcome them. And he was given authority over the whole world. So, I mean, you, you can't base your belief off of that scripture there if you think Christians are protected. But now, some people uh, would say, and I've heard teachers say this, that's Israel. When it talks about the saints there, 
that the Antichrist is going to overcome the Jews, but the Christians will be protected. Okay, well, let's go to Revelation chapter 20. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, this, I mean, they were beheaded because they wouldn't worship the Antichrist and because of their testimony of Jesus. Those are Christians. Those are not Jewish people. Those are Christians. Now, some of them may be Jews who accepted Christ. The Antichrist is going to specifically target people who believe in Jesus and people who will not worship him. Now, the world, uh, by and large, will worship the Antichrist during the tribulation, but many believers won't. And when they won't, he's going to behead them. I mean, this has got to be the worst form of death possible to intimidate, to put fear into people in the world. We simply, if, if you're here, I'm not going to be here. Okay? I'm just saying I ain't going to be here. I hope a lot of you agree with me. Uh, but believers that are here during the tribulation are not protected. In, in fact, they're specifically targeted by the Antichrist. You have more of a chance of dying if you're a Christian, okay? not less. This is Daniel chapter 11 talking about the Antichrist again. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt. That's the Antichrist. He will corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by the sword, inflamed by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end because it is still appointed for the appointed time. So the Antichrist is killing Christians. They're dying. They're, he's persecuting them and killing them. This is Daniel 8. In the later time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached the fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understands sinister schemes. That's the Antichrist. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Okay, so there are four references that I've given you in the scriptures that show that the Antichrist overcomes the righteous, the saints, the Christians, the holy people, any way you want to say it. He has authority over the earth. For people who believe in Jesus today, there's a massive blessing. And the massive blessing is, number one, you know Jesus today. But number two is you're going to be raptured and you're going to be taken to the marriage supper of the Lamb and you're going to be spared the the horrific, uh, unbelievable uh, tribulation that's coming with all the judgments. Somewhere between two-thirds and three-fourths of the world's population will be dead by the end of the tribulation. Not only are there the judgments that will come upon the earth, but there's also the Antichrist, you know, killing uh, Christians in mass. So here's some scriptures. So if, if I'm saying, okay, so if a Bible teacher is teaching you and telling you Christians are going to be supernaturally protected, I, did, I think I just, you know, shot that down scripturally. I hope those scriptures are clear. But let me show you where Christians are protected from the tribulation if you believe in Jesus now. This is the big deal about knowing Jesus right now is you're going to be protected. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath 
to come. Jesus delivers us from the wrath, not through the wrath. We're waiting for Jesus. Jesus is going to come and he's going to deliver us from it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're also doing. And I just want to tell you right now that I'm going to comfort every time you watch this program, I'm going to comfort you. I want, these are the end times. When you see the things that are happening in the world right now, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing near. I'm telling you, your redemption is drawing near. You're not headed for seven years of wrath. You're headed for a seven year marriage supper of the lamb. We are going to marry Jesus and the rapture of the church is him coming to receive us unto himself, to go to the father's house, to marry him. And then we will return with him uh, during the second coming. This is Luke 21. This is Jesus talking about the end times. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus says there all the things. He's talking about the end times. Pray that you may be worthy to escape all those things. The word escape there is the Greek word ekphoigo. And it means to get out of a place, to flee out of a place. Okay. So Jesus says, pray that you may be counted worthy to flee out of this place and to stand before the Son of Man. That's the rapture. We're not going through the tribulation. I'm telling you right now, I'm comforting you by telling you we're not going through the tribulation. The things that are happening in the world right now are bad, but this is a Sunday school picnic compared to what's about to happen during the tribulation. And we will not be here for that because Jesus is coming for us. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, remember that term there, falling away. I want to talk about that more. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed. That's the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was uh, still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. But the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the splendor of his coming. So let me go back into that text because this is very important now. The Apostle Paul had written 1 Thessalonians to the church at Thessalonica. Okay, the book of 1 Thessalonians. Well, after he wrote that letter to them, a uh, rumor went around that the, Jesus had come and they had been left behind. Well, that would be very troubling as you can understand. So just weeks later or a couple of months later after 1 Thessalonians was written, the Apostle Paul is writing the book of 2 Thessalonians to clarify to the people, to comfort them, to let them know you have, Jesus has not come and you haven't been left behind. And he begins by saying, I want you to understand, don't be troubled, don't be bothered, because that day isn't going to come until the falling away comes first. And the word falling away there, that two words, falling away, is one Greek word, 
apostasia, where we get our word apostasy, and it can be translated as a falling away from truth. It can also be translated departure. Now, in the first seven translations of the Bible into English, that was translated departure. In other words, rapture. That day isn't going to come until the rapture comes, and then the lawless one will be revealed. He says it again. He says, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. The restrainer in the world today is the Holy Spirit in the church. Remember, the church was born on the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit fell upon people, the uh, 120 in the upper room, and the church began. The church began with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in the church is what's restraining sin in the earth right now. And the apostle Paul says, you know what's restraining during this period of time. And he's going to restrain until he is taken out of the way. Okay. And so I believe that the rapture happens, the departure happens, then the lawless one will be revealed. I don't believe that we as Christians will know who the Antichrist is. Let me tell you, I've got some, I've got some guesses of who the Antichrist is. There's some wonderful candidates in the world right now, and I'm not going to name names, but I'm telling you, the church will leave, then the Antichrist will be revealed. That's what the Apostle Paul just said. So all the scriptures I just showed you are very comforting. God has not destined us for wrath. He told us that pray that we may be worthy to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man and the departure would happen first, then the Antichrist would be revealed. And so we are going before in the rapture of a church, of the, the church. But there is a rapture at the beginning of the tribulation, then there is a second coming. I want to show you a chart here that maybe help you to understand this. Now this is a timeline of the end times here. You see here, and it begins with the present church age over there on the left-hand side. And this is the rapture of the church. The next major prophetic event that happens in the world, I believe, is this right here, is the rapture of the church. And then the world goes into a seven-year tribulation period. Now, by the way, we're at a marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years in heaven while the world is going through a seven-year tribulation broken into two halves. The first three and a half years is the beginning of the sorrows. It's a horrible, horrible time, but it's nothing compared to the second half. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, this will be the worst time in the history of the world right here, the great tribulation. It'll be three and a half years long, and then there'll be the return of Jesus. This is the second coming of Jesus. The rapture of the church is seven years before the return of Jesus here, the second coming. And by the way, we come with Jesus. We return with him here. So we're a part of this. And then there comes the thousand year rule of Christ, the millennial rule of Christ, and then the eternal state. So let me talk to you about the difference between the rapture and the second coming. So let me tell you the difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus, because there, there are a lot of differences here. The first is the rapture is a private event between Jesus and the church in the second com coming is a public event where every eye will see Jesus. Okay, one is private, one is, it couldn't be more public. Let me show you the scriptures here. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter four. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds 
to meet the Lord in the air. Now notice where the rapture happens. It's in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So the rapture happens up in the sky. This is what Jesus said in Luke 17. He's talking about the rapture. I tell you, in that night there will be two people in one bed. The one will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field, the one taken, the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So this is the rapture. Jesus is talking about a selective rapture, one taken, the other left behind. And they asked him, they said, Where are they taken? And he said, Up there, where the, eagle, the eagles fly very, very high. He's talking about an event that's going to take place in the air. And Luke 17 is talking, all of it's talking about the end times and the return of Jesus Christ. And so we know from scripture that the rapture happens up in the sky. The second coming, and by the way, it's private between Jesus and the church, but the second coming begins in the sky. It ends at the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem and every eye will see him. And by the way, the rapture is a thrilling event you couldn't be more excited about. The second coming is a horrific event. This is Matthew 24. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. And so there we see the, the rapture happens instantaneously in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The second coming happens in real time. The whole earth will sit there and watch Jesus come out of the sky. And it says, and they will mourn, they will grieve, they will be terrified as Jesus comes back to the earth. This is Revelation 19. Now stay with me. This is a little bit of a long scripture, but I want you to read here. This, this is the second coming of Jesus beginning with the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. We're already in heaven, Revelation 19. I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Notice we're no longer the bride, we're the wife. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knows except himself, that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the, for the supper of the great God, 
that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gather together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. That's the second coming. It couldn't be a more different scenario. The rapture is this wonderful event where Jesus raptures us up to be with him. The second coming, he comes uh, with, with fierceness and wrath, with an iron rod. He slays the false prophet, the, the Antichrist, who locks, throws him into the lake of fire alive, throws Satan into the uh, pit for a thousand years. This is a completely different event than the rapture of the church. Here's Zechariah 14, which is a parallel of Revelation 19. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half toward the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to us all. Yes, you shall flee as you fled the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. Notice there, both of those passages, Revelation 19 and also there in Zechariah 14, we return with Jesus. Thus the Lord my God will return and all the saints with you. The bride of Christ, the wife of Jesus, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, he will return, uh, we will return with Jesus to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. And so one is a private event, one is a public event. Here's some other differences between the rapture and the second coming very quickly. The first is the rapture gives seven years for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, when we are raptured, we have seven years for the marriage supper and also, by the way, for the judgment seat of Christ. But the, the uh, people who believe that the, we stay during the tribulation and the second coming is when we're raptured, when do we marry Jesus? I mean, we go up and come right back down. I mean, what happens? This other thing, the rapture is for believers only. Uh, it only affects believers, but the second coming affects all of humanity. The rapture is a time of joy, a time of great joy that we look forward to. The, the second coming is a time of mourning. You just saw it there in the scriptures. The world is terrified. The, uh, the rapture is a time of reward. Jesus said in Revelation 22, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. But the time, the second coming is a time of judgment for the nations of the world. The rapture is imminent. It could happen at any moment. But the second coming can't happen for seven years once the tribulation begins. There's nothing imminent about it whatsoever. And so once the rapture happens, the tribulation begins but once the second coming happens, the millennial rule of Christ begins. So let me go back to the chart that I started with here at the beginning, this chart. We're ready for this right here, the rapture of the church. We, we will be a part of this, the second coming. When Jesus returns, we will be his bride, his wife, his army. 
and we will return to him. But for seven years, while the world is going through tribulation, we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the greatest question I could ask you is, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come? I hope you're excited for Jesus to come. I hope that this is something that you pray about, something that you live your life for. If you're not ready, this is the time to get ready because the rapture could happen at any moment. And when it happens, it happens instantaneously. Right now we're going to the subscriber-only portion of the show. And so I'll be talking about Israel in the news and the very, very serious things that are happening between Israel and Iran. I'll also be answering questions from subscribers. If you're not a subscriber, go to endtimes.com. It's $7 a month, $77 a year. We would love to have you as a subscriber. And I'll tell you, it's worth the money. We have articles that come out all the time telling you about breaking news, talking about end times issues, things that are affecting people all over the place right now. And so it's worth the money. $7 a month, $77 a year. We would love to have you a subscriber. Right now, if you're a subscriber, stay tuned. We're going to talk about Israel and answer questions.